of the Cigar Match Podcast. Uh, I am your host, uh, Adam, and I'm here with me as always, uh, my co-host, Bruno. Say hey, Bruno. Good evening, gentlemen and ladies. <laughs> yeah, so here we go, man. We had a lot of fun doing episode zero. Um, if you guys listened to episode zero, yep, that was our, our dress rehearsal that we just decided to run with it. And uh, so, yeah, there, there are some technical glitches in episode zero, we're, we're aware. But we had some fun doing it. I was like, you know what? Let's just post it. Let's go. Uh, so yep. this is the official episode one, um, and we've got—I think we've got a pretty good, pretty good uh, show lined up and ready to go here. I would agree. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun one. So that's the—I the, think the, the quick intro. Um, the Scar Match podcast. Uh, just if you didn't listen to episode zero, if you just dove right into, I just want episode one. Let's start at the first one. Um, this is for us. This is two cigar guys just talking cigar culture. Um, trying to to lend some advice to the cigar newbie, but not necessarily s- blocking out the cigar veterans as, as well. Um, we're just again we're we're two cigar guys that enjoy talking cigars and cigar culture, so that's what we're here to do. Um, quick update: uh, if you listen to episode zero, the we will have social media, website, all of that will be coming up this week. Uh, by the time you hear episode one. The social media aspect of things will probably be live. Um, I haven't done that yet, so I'm not sure what to give you. But if you just search the Cigar Match podcast, you'll probably find us somewhere. And if not, at episode two, I will give you the actual um, social media links. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's on the plan for, for the rest of this week. But let's dive in. So if you listen to episode zero, uh, Bruno and I talked about, you know, we, we, we did our recording. And I think one of the last, in the last segment mentioned that... Uh, we were going to we we're going to go smoke a cigar when we wrapped up, and we did. We wrapped up. We went outside. We went and sat out on the patio, and we had the uh, the Illusione of Excalibur Number One. If you're not familiar with this cigar, this is the um, the Illusione collaboration of the the I don't want to say legendary. Maybe it's legendary. It's a very popular cigar of the Excalibur. Uh, it's a seven and a quarter by fifty four double Corona. It was a limited edition release of 4,900 and I think 60 boxes was the actual count on that. Um, so it, it's out there now currently. Uh, it, I can still find it in one of the shops near me. Um, it's a, I enjoyed it quite a lot. Uh, Bruno, I did too. I, uh, yeah. I hadn't. One of the things I wish I would have done prior to having that was to go back and have an actual Excalibur first for a kind of a compare and contrast. Uh, but. I didn't, and I honestly don't remember the last time that I had uh, <laughs> an Excalibur. Well, I can tell you this. I smoked them because, hmm, imagine that, at the Hoya de Monterey mm-hmm. <laughs> before I found my real Hoya de Monterey. Yep. They were, um, they were a good cigar, but this was a much, much better cigar than, from what I remember, of just a regular Excalibur. So it was definitely yeah very I mean, different. Had a deeper flavor. Yeah, it's got a little spice to it, kind of woodsy. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't remember the actual Excalibur. It's been so long. But this, and this is not just me being a fanboy because I I love Luzione, but this I, I've had you know I've I've had this cigar a couple of times now, and every time it's just been very enjoyable. Um, so if you can get your hands on it, definitely check out the uh, Excalibur, the Illusione of Excalibur number one, while well, you can still get them. Uh, and then, so Bruno and I had a pretty um, 
a pretty good a pretty good day after recording episode zero. We had the illusion of Excalibur, <laughs> and we went to a brewery and we drank some beers, which was pretty cool. Uh, and then we went back to to Bruno's place where we recorded episode zero, and we finished out our night with a Hoyo de Monterey Epicure number two. Which, mm. um, yeah, <laughs> if you listen to episode zero, you, you know that that was Bruno's uh, his Grail, and so no no other no better way to finish out the night than than with his Grail. We we sat in the uh, in in the the theater room. And we smoked the Epicure number two, and it was a lot stronger than I remembered. Um, what did you I, say to me while we were smoking it again? What were your words? I could say them, but I think you know them. Yeah, I. I this I cigar think is I, pretty mild. Yeah, I think I commented on something. I was it was kind of mild. And all um, I I didn't say anything. I let you go. All no, I thought was no. okay. I'm yeah, not we'll, going to we'll say see. a word. Yeah, and then I started the the drive home, and uh, about thirty minutes into that drive, I had to roll all the windows down in the car because I was sweating um, and not feeling real well. I wasn't completely sure that I was going to make it home. <laughs> to be honest, I thought I was going to pull over and have uh, have my wife drive the rest of the way because it it kicked my ass. I ate my words on that one, uh, but man, was it a phenomenal cigar! They are very good. Yeah, I forgot just how good that cigar was. And I was just telling Bruno in the green room prior uh, to us recording, I actually, this week was pricing them. I was like, you know what, maybe, uh, maybe I just need to, to to go out and just pick up a box. Because, yeah, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Uh, so that was our, our post-episode zero. Unfortunately, post-episode one is not going to be nearly as cool because we're, we're recording remote. So I'm at, my, I'm at my place, Bruno's at his place, and... We, we're not going to hang out and smoke cigars when we're done today, but hey. No, but it'll cut down the echo that yeah, I, exactly. we both apologize for you hearing in episode zero. <laughs> yes, it most definitely will. It'll make my editing job a lot easier this week. I'm excited about that. And I'm sure when I know when I finish, I'm still going to go have a cigar. I have a Liga, actually. So am I. Uh, I have a Liga in the humidor behind me that I've just been waiting to get to. So, so it's definitely going to be a Liga night. But uh, yeah, so moving on, you know, that's enough of an intro. I think enough talk. Don't want to ramble too much. Uh, moving on into some of the one of the things we didn't do in episode zero that I wanted to try to get to uh, for the for this podcast is just covering some some cigar news and some articles that we find on the internet. Uh, I spend a large amount of time on the internet uh, just based on my my profession, and I enjoy reading cigar news and cigar blogs. Uh, so one of the things that we've discussed is hey, if you see something cool, let's just grab it and we'll talk about it. And so if you listen to episode zero, you know that you know Bruno and I. We met working in a B&M together, and we talked. We covered that extensively in episode zero. So if you're if you didn't listen and you're interested in that side, it's in episode zero. Yes. Uh, but one of the things that I, I clearly remembered, uh, Bruno and I, we are in the Midwest. Uh, I'll tell you, we worked at a B&M in Kentucky. Um, one, I forget exactly what year this would have been, but Kentucky passed a premium cigar sales tax, and overnight, I think the sales tax was something ridiculous. Ridiculous. I think it was like seventy percent or something. It was extremely high. I don't remember, but yeah, it was but I, I know well over forty. Yeah, overnight, a five dollar cigar turned into a nine dollar cigar, um, and it was insane. Customers were not happy. They didn't understand. They thought that we were just raising prices to raise prices. And it was like, no, that's a tax that the state of Kentucky is putting on on premium cigars. Uh, so anytime I see an article about uh, states taxing cig- premium cigars, I, I like to read it because I've experienced that firsthand. And this one that popped up in my feed this week, I really I really liked. And this was uh, the state of Montana 
the governor there, they implemented a, a sales tax for premium cigars. And the governor, actually, they put a cap of 35 cents on that sales tax, which I thought was super, super nice. Because like I said, we saw cigars that were $5 turn into $9 overnight. So, you know, a $4 hike on, on some cigars, whereas 35 cents is huge. Um, and what I really, really liked about this is that they defined a premium cigar, I think, pretty well in this, uh, in their, their bill. They define the premium cigar as, as a cigar that uses a whole leaf wrapper, uh, not rolled by a machine, does not contain a tip or a mouthpiece, and does not have a characterizing flavor other than tobacco. Uh, to me, that pretty much sums up a premium cigar. It does. There are some premiums that are flavored, actually. I'm not much of a fan of flavor, but there's a couple that I do enjoy every once in a while. Oh, and I agree. Um, my wife, Amy, likes to, she enjoys the um, the Drew Estates. Uh, it's the, the I'm going to forget the name now. It's it's one, it's the coffee flavored uh, Drew Estates. Oh, yes, that's the one I enjoy also. Yes. Now I'm trying to visualize it. <laughs> I can't, I, I'm Java, totally not Java. No, and it's not the Java because that's, that's the Rocky Patel. Yes. Um, yeah, I am just blanking on the name. And I feel ridiculous because I have to buy them for her uh, pretty regularly. And I'm sure I've got the internet right here at my fingertips. That's what I'm doing at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the Tabacca Special. Yes, that's it. So, yeah, so that uh, that's like where, you know, I think that steps on the line. Because that is definitely still a, pr- it's a premium cigar. Is, is it coffee flavored? Yes, it is. But it's still a premium cigar. But the interesting question is how will they handle anomalies like this or an acid or yeah. some other cigars that are flavored will they tax them or won't they tax them and i don't think they at least based on what i've read they don't know that yet right and that, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out because a company like drew estate that that makes a lot of flavored cigars you know they're going to be i'm sure they're going to have try to have some at least say in the matter or say hey we make we make premium cigars uh why should we be punished just because they have a flavor attached to them. But, yeah, we'll see. But like I said, the 35-cent cap, I think that's awesome. It's like, yeah, if you're a state and you're going to tax premium cigars, okay. Yeah, do what you got to do. Uh, but when you when you implement a tax that adds, you know, $4 to a cigar, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I like they cap it at 35 There are some other states. Uh, we were messing around looking at this before we started. Other states like Arkansas, Connecticut, Iowa, Michigan, New Mexico, Oregon... Rhode Island and Wisconsin, their max is fifty cents on which a cigar. Is, is yeah, reasonable. Which is still reasonable. Yeah, I I would totally not really bat an eye at at a fifty cent tax on a cigar. That's if I'm buying premium cigars. I'm obviously if you're buying premium cigars, you already know you you are paying. Yes. Typically, you you're paying a premium price for the product. So what's fifty more cents at that point? Um, you know, thirty five cents. Yeah, definitely better. I'm not gonna nickel dime it, but hey, I'm not I'm not crying over fifty either. I think that's. That's definitely acceptable for me, uh, and I think that's really nice. I, I hopefully we see more states do that because it, it really hurt when Kentucky did that. Um, it did, especially when Kentucky was one of the states. Well, North Carolina was the other state where tobacco is one of the state's main incomes, and we were—I will say—we were actually quite surprised to see that tax actually going through. Like, yes, don't know. Did we have the internet at our fingertip? I don't know if North <laughs> Carolina has a. Yeah, I remember with us here in Kentucky, we were kind of surprised that it, it did go through, and then when it did, we were like, "Oh man, this sucks." Because wow. I remember, not just because uh, because you know, obviously all the cigars were going to cost more, but 
I remember working at the B&M that time and having to change the price on everything in the humidor. Um, changing the price and then letting the customers know, hey, your regular cigar that you used to pay $5 for, yeah, that just went up a lot. And that's not us just trying to, to make a buck off of you. Uh, and it's I interesting was... looking at this. <laughs> July 1st of last year, North Carolina actually put a 12.8% tax in on cost of premium cigars. Wow. So I guess the uh, the whole thing of that's your state's livelihood isn't as big as it used to be. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to dig too too hard into that one. Um, it happened, and it, it was terrible. So I like seeing states that are like, yeah, hey, let's put a cap on it. Uh, if you got to tax it, great. Do what you got to do. But don't just go out and, and put the huge, huge tax on there, and then you just kill the... You just kill the culture in that state, and ultimately, I, I think that probably pushes a lot of more a lot more people to the internet. Which I think now even the internet you're going to pay those sales taxes. You're going to pay that that premium still over the internet, but. Um, well, I don't yeah. think they call it a premium as much as the state tax that they have to charge, no matter the size of your order, which I always thought was odd. Yeah. I think with Jr. and most of the other ones, I think it's thirty-five dollar, or it's a percentage of the order, but. Most of the time, it's $35, 40 bucks per order. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, taxes, I, it's not my thing. I don't know. I just put in my credit card, and they send me the cigars. <laughs> <laughs> I pay attention. As, as long as they just keep sending me the cigars, I'm happy. Uh, <laughs> and as long as the wife isn't, isn't, isn't yelling too much when the, the, uh, the bank statement comes through every month. But, hey, for now, I think we're good. Uh, so, yeah, so let, let's, uh, let's move through. And one of the things uh, we're not going to have on this episode, but for a future episode, just for awareness, you know, we are planning on doing some some pre-smoked cigar reviews. Uh, obviously, not doing them live, uh, as we talked about on episode zero, it'd be really hard to focus on a cigar and do a review while we're sitting here talking. Uh, so we're not going to do them live. We're going to do them before recording. And uh, actually, today I sent out the first uh, the first couple to Bruno. Bruno and I don't live specifically terribly close to each other so um I about an hour yeah about an hour it's not a terrible drive but it's not hey i've got a couple cigars i want to give you i'm right. gonna drive up there uh it's <laughs> not down the I, street yeah as much as i love seeing Bruno, it's not uh it's not a drive i want to make on the regular basis so i threw yeah. a couple cigars in the mail today and uh, he will have them tomorrow and so by the next time we record we'll probably have at least one of those a review of one of those cigars for you guys uh, which will be cool and, and speaking of that uh i think one the one thing that that we have settled on is this. I think we're we're shooting for this to be a bi-weekly show. Yes. Um, we haven't quite settled on the exact day that we're going to record on that bi-weekly schedule, but uh, we are planning on bi-weekly uh, episode releases. So if you're digging the show, subscribe and watch for that uh, that bi-weekly release. And as we move forward, we'll hammer down. You know, we're going to record on this day, and it, the episode will be released on this day. Yes. We haven't quite got that nailed down yet, but we're getting to that point. Stay tuned. Uh, so, so moving our, in. Yeah, our ahead, next... Uh, <laughs> it was just interesting because I was thinking about this one. So our next topic is going to be a difference between cigar strength and body. And <laughs> I want <laughs> Adam to state the difference between the two since he said this is a mild cigar. So yeah. what is the difference between <laughs> strength and body? You know, I knew that was coming. As soon as you started <laughs> in on that, I knew where you were going. So, yes, yeah, so one of the things we wanted to talk about, I, I ran across this article this week. Uh, this was on the JR Cigars blog. 
and I just thought this was interesting because I am guilty of this. I use uh, strength and body. I have a bad habit of kind of using those interchangeably. And I know they mean two completely different things, but a lot of times <laughs> I just I just go with the flow and say, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a medium full. And I leave it at that. Right. Um, and so I ran across this article and I'm like, you know what? This is probably really good information, especially for people maybe new coming into to the cigar culture. What What is strength? What is body? Uh, can you have a a, a full-bodied cigar that's not a full-strength cigar? And the answer is yes, you can. So when we talk about that, so cigar strength, cigar strength is, is exactly what it sounds like. It is the kind of the, the potency, the, the nicotine kick that you may get from it. Um, <laughs> yes. The, you vitamin know, hot, N. Yes, it is the vitamin N. You know, as you get to something that's a fuller strength cigar, you're going to get a, a a a larger hit of that vitamin N. And if you're not ready for that, you're you're going to feel a little buzz. Or if you're like me and you're driving home an hour away, <laughs> you're going to get a little. Uh, I was I had a little bit of an upset stomach and and thought that I wasn't going to make it to the house. And, but no, it's it's fine. So that's strength. So when you hear somebody say it's a full strength cigar, it's it means it's got a, a heavy hit of, of nicotine to it. Um, or you may hear them say, "Oh, it's it's a medium. It's medium. It's and that's all subjective. What's medium to me? You you know, I I've learned that what's medium to me is it medium to everybody. My medium could be your full. Or you could I could say this is medium, and somebody else has this. Go, oh, no, this is this is not a medium. This is this is pretty pretty light. Um, and that move, and then we move into body. And so with body, the cigar body is the the complexity, I guess, around yes. the uh, the flavor of, of the smoke on the palate. Things like, you know, the texture on the palate. How does it feel in your mouth? What are you getting? A lot of flavors, no flavors. What are you getting? That's where the body is going to come in. So, and you could have a a full bodied cigar that has a lot of flavor, a lot of complexity. Doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a full strength cigar. Right. I would say the Hoyo is. Medium to medium full-bodied with a very high strength. Yes, I, I would agree. I would say body's medium, medium full. Strength is, for me, I would say medium plus. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, it's not full on full. It's not something that you're going, at least for me anyway. And again, this is all subjective. Uh, it wasn't something that, that completely wiped me out. It kind of snuck up on me. <laughs> I was surprised. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think that, that perfectly nails the Epicure number two. Uh, so... so one yeah. of the things before we move on that yeah. um, you know this trick, and since we're talking about strength versus body, I do not even remember where I heard this, but I've been using it for years. If you do smoke a cigar that has a lot of strength, and you do find yourself, I mean, the general signs of it is you're going to start to feel a little wheezy, you're going to start to feel warm, like you're sweating. Somebody had taught me years ago, chocolate is the cure, and I have used it on myself and others many, many times. Not sure yes. why. I don't know if the caffeine in the chocolate opens up your blood vessels. I don't know what does it, but <clears throat> chocolate is a good uh, antidote for a full-strength cigar that you've just smoked. Yes, 100%. I, I remember many times back uh, working at the shop. Someone would come in and say, "Hey, I got I got cigar sick," and the first thing we would say is, "You know, grab a, grab a Hershey bar." Um, chocolate is the way to go. And, I, and here, personally, for me, when anytime I start to feel that that kind of queasy stomach, that's what I do. I, I go grab a piece of chocolate out of the cabinet and uh, 
and just try to sit back, relax, enjoy a piece of chocolate. And it usually calms my stomach and helps bring me back down to earth. Um, but yeah, definitely chocolate. And I don't know if that's, you know, that, that should have been one, Bruno, that, that uh, we put on the list for the today's main topic. I didn't even think about that one. But that's a really good one. And I don't know why it works, like Bruno said. But I can definitely vouch sure for either. it. And one of the things that, I mean, don't be upset with yourself. I consider myself and Adam both not beginner cigars. We're pretty seasoned cigar smokers. That in no way equates to the fact that we smoke a cigar and never get <laughs> that cigar buzz. Because I have gotten it off of cigars that, and this, again, this is why we're talking about this. I've gotten a buzz off, I actually got one off of a Davidoff once, which shocked wow. the crap out of me. But, I mean, I would consider a Davidoff a um, uh, mild to medium Traditionally, cigar. yeah. Traditionally, definitely mild to medium. Strength-wise, it got me. And it's... it. The strength does have something to account in it, but, you know, how much food in you have in your stomach. Right. You know, are you drinking something with it? It's alcohol. That'll affect it. <laughs> there are so many different things that that can affect it. Right. And one of the things that we'll touch on here when we move into our, to our, our main topic, you know, is it's a thing where you really can't just look at a cigar and know what that strength is going to be before you start smoking it. Um, when I was early on, in, in the cigar culture coming into it, uh, I had it in my head that darker cigars were stronger cigars. And that is not, not the case at all. Uh, at times, yes. But I have had my share of non-dark cigars that will just kick yes. my ass. <laughs> I have uh, too. Last week, a prime example. <laughs> if you've ever seen the Epicure number 2, it is not a dark cigar. Um, no, it and is looking not. at it, there's nothing about it that you could say, oh, that's going to be strong. That's gonna be a, that's gonna be a strong cigar. Nah, it's. Just I know my that. limit. If I smoke one in an evening, I'll be able to go to bed. If I smoke two of those in one evening, I will toss and turn the entire night. <laughs> I honestly will. Nice. So one of the things we were gonna talk about too is, you know, is a darker cigar always stronger? That common misconception of. Oh my God! It's almost you know it's a very very dark brown, so it's yeah. gonna knock me on my butt. You get something like an Oscar that's, that's almost black, and uh, yeah, it has nothing to do with strength. Remember, you got strength and you got body. Probably yes. gonna be a full-bodied cigar, full body. but may not be may not be a full strength cigar. Right. Yeah. So yeah, and that's one we'll get into. Do you want to hit? Uh, do you want to talk about your uh, your warranty story before we hit? our Yeah, actually, yeah. Um, so I've been at this for, oh God, 25 years. And like everybody in the beginning, I didn't want to spend a whole lot of money on stuff because I wasn't sure I was going to enjoy it. You know, I look back now and say, what a fool. But anyways, you're not sure you're going to enjoy it. So I bought cheap cutters and, um, I would go through them and they get dull and I'd throw them in the garbage and I'd go spend another five bucks getting our cheap cutter. <clears throat> Some time ago, I discovered Zycar cutter and some of their other stuff for unification devices so i bought one and absolutely fell in love with it and the first time that i felt it was dull i sent it in and immediately you know i got one back i ended up talking to him on the phone because i was so impressed with the customer service because i car stuff is not inexpensive and i'm at the point in my life where i'm not necessarily looking at cost i'm looking at what support am i going to get with this product so 
as we all know, COVID affected everything. You have trouble finding people, so on and so forth. Recently, I just sent a cutter in because it was getting dull, and they do what they do. I don't know if they sharpen them or just replace them. I have my suspicions what they do, but that's suspicion. So I waited. They said it could take up to six weeks, so I waited for my six-week period. It was actually two days short of six weeks, and I'm like, well, this isn't normal for them because they've been, like, the top of my list. I recommended them to so many people in my years working in a brick-and-mortar. So I called, and the gentleman said they had no record of my cutter being received. And I'm like, well, I have a tracking number that says you signed for it. <clears throat> I said, well, send that in, and I'll go ahead and get the warranty going. So I waited about another week, and he kind of told me, well, this was on a Wednesday, so we had to go off Friday or Monday, and in my head I'm thinking, you got somebody here who's not real happy, and you're telling me it's going to be in a couple days. So, fast forward, I'm trying to make this as short as possible, fast forward to the next week, Wednesday, Thursday comes around, I still don't have a cutter, so I call down there, and I get the same gentleman, and I start to explain it, and he goes, well, it hasn't gone out yet. And I just said, well, I'm sorry, that's not acceptable. I want to speak to, your, to the supervisor of the warranty department. So my suspicion is that he put me on hold, and her name was Taylor, if I'm remembering correctly. She went and looked at the history, saw what had happened, got on the phone, and I stayed pretty calm. Can't kill the messenger, and remember that with anything you're doing. Right. So I explained it, explained the fact that I was very confused because I had recommended to them to so many people. Well, in the end, they went above and beyond. They got me my cutter very, very quickly. Um, I have another one that's getting ready to go in this week. She told me that as soon as I send it out, let her know. She'll make sure it gets taken care of quickly. So it's interesting. Yes, they cost, you know, more. You got anywhere from, I think, 45 or $50 all the way up to, I think I have one that has the Fuente wood on the end that was almost $300 one of which I won't use <laughs> but because it has sentimental value right. and yeah. I don't want it to go dull. But just talking about that, it's when you start buying all of your equipment, as you really start to get into this, think about not just what you're doing right at the moment. Think about what are you going to have to do with this when it starts to get dull? Because you cut enough cigars, you know, you wouldn't think, well, it's just got some tobacco. It's not going to get dull. They do. I mean, my humidification, my hygrometers, my lighters, my cutters, pretty much is all Zycar. I'll spend the little bit of extra because unless you lose it, it will be the last cutter that you buy. Yep. So I just kind of wanted to share that with everybody because I was quite uh, miffed. Yeah, there's an old word. <laughs> when I was like, I just told the gentleman on the phone, this is not acceptable. And I told her I wasn't the nicest but i didn't yell and i just told her that i was losing my confidence and she helped me gain my confidence back in that car so i will continue awesome. to support them that's awesome yeah i still have when i started working as a shop my first paycheck i actually uh basically just signed the back and put it back in the register because I, my, <laughs> we all did all the know, time yeah, um i bought my first zycar cutter because for years i i didn't buy a zycar cutter i just bought the whatever the cheapest cutter I could find usually the, the the kind of ones that are sitting on the counter of every cigar shop, the little plastic ones. I've probably had a million of those laying around the house and I just got tired of them destroying my cigars. And so finally, yeah, I, I bought the Zycar because of the warranty on it. And I think at the time, I think I paid about 60 bucks for it. 
and I still have that same cutter to this day. Uh, and I absolutely love it. Now it's a sentimental thing because it's the first real piece of you know cigar equipment, if you will, that I bought that was quality. And the quality comes through. You spend the extra money and you're not losing a plastic uh, cutter or destroying a plastic cutter and buying a new one. Yeah, they're only you know they're two or three dollars, but when you buy a hundred of them, it's, uh, it, it it slowly starts to add up. So no, is your I'm glad cutter you, I'm still glad sharp? Uh, yeah, it is. Ooh, it is, man. That's it's pretty it's impressive. Lasted. I yeah, saw it. it. It looks beat to crap. It is definitely beat to crap <laughs> because I carry it in my pocket. Pretty, I mean, it's almost like a regular thing. Every day, it's just habit. It goes in my pocket, just because you never know when you're gonna have a cigar. Uh, so at this point, yeah, it's habit. It goes in my pocket with everything else that I carry, and yeah, it's been beat all to hell, but it still works beautifully. I still love it. Uh, at some point, I'm sure I'll have to have it sent in, have it sharpened, or blades replaced, whatever they do, like you said. Um, but I'm well, okay with that because I mean, at this point, I've had that cutter for um, how many years? Oh God. A lot. Well, one a of the lot. questions they ask you when you're filling out the warranty, which I think is kind of interesting, I think it dictates which direction they have to go, is they will ask you if it's sentimental piece. Right. So I think that dictates. Yeah, what they do. Do they, they replace they it? Do. do they try and sharpen it? So. Yep. Yeah, but I'm glad to hear that they that uh, that you were happy with it. Yes. I'm glad to hear that, that Zycar is still, still a, qu- a quality company to work with. I, I like that because... Like I said, I own a Zycar cutter, and I, I like it, and I don't want to have to think that if I ever have to send it back, there may be a problem. So, very cool story. So, let's move on um, before we, we, we're going to butt up against time here. We've got some things to talk about. One of the, the, the big, I don't, I don't know if this is a single topic, but the, the main idea we had for this episode was cigar myths, and there are a million of them. And yeah. <laughs> uh, so, as, as I was thinking, th- thinking this through, um, I know one of Bruno's uh, favorite shows was Mythbusters. <laughs> like, what if we took cigar myths and we debunked them, like Mythbusters? Exactly. So that's what we're going to start <laughs> so that's doing. What we're, yeah, so that's kind of what we're, we're going to do here. We're going to run through some of the, the the ones I have here are some of the common ones that when I that I'm like, yeah, I've heard these before from other people. Uh, so I think these were good candidates. Uh, so let's just work through the list that we've got here, Bruno. With yep. uh, we'll start here. Expensive cigars are always better. Nope. <laughs> no. No. Um, I have had expensive cigars that have been very yes. disappointing. Uh, I think it's really hard to to actually, um, I don't want to say be an expensive cigar, but release an expensive cigar. Uh, and it's very hard to for a customer to to spend that that extra. You know, if I, if I spend $25 on one cigar, I'm really expecting something special. Very much so. And, and so you set the bar really high with that. And it's it sometimes can be hard to to meet that that twenty twenty five dollar price point. Um, so expensive cigars. While I have had expensive cigars that are phenomenal cigars, uh, a, a, a particular Davidoff that we discussed on episode zero. Uh, <laughs> yes. I've I've also had expensive cigars that I look at and I go, I really just paid twenty five dollars for this one cigar. So what's um, the most you have paid? Um. I think, and this was recently, between twenty-five and thirty. I think for one cigar. I think mine's fifty. I spent one, mm-hmm. just out of yeah. complete curiosity. Yeah, and 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 for me, this was one that I was familiar with the cigar to begin with, so I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't feel like I was taking a chance on, on dropping that. It was like, hey, I know this cigar exists, but I've never seen it in real life. Um, and the reputation preceded it. And so I was not really too hung up over paying that. 
Uh, and it was the end of a, of a very good night, uh, a date night with my wife, and smoked a, a phenomenal cigar to close out the night. And it was awesome. It was well worth what I what I spent for it. Uh, but no, that's not always true, um, yeah. though. I mean, you know, expensive cigars aren't always better. And, and there are, and that's that's a topic for a future episode that I've had in my notes for a while. There are some really good cigars that fly under the radar. Oh, yes, very much so. And that's something that we're definitely going to discuss because, to me, I think that's, as a cigar smoker, one of the the biggest things is if you can find that, that hidden gem, your kind of everyday go-to, that is, if you can find that at a reasonable price, if you can find it at, at you know, let's say, 4 or $5 a pop, if you can even go under that, that's special. Um, and, and again expensive cigars are always better well the thing to remember with that is cigars are very subjective very you know what you like may not it's obviously it probably won't be the same as what i like vice versa which is fine you know you may be able to pick pick up a three dollar cigar and think this is great um and it just may not be my cup of tea but that's where that always better comes in it's like you know smoke what you like just because the cigar is twenty dollars twenty five dollars doesn't mean it's going to be the best cigar in the world no, there's uh, too many things, too many factors that are going to help control that. And one of the things that just we as human beings are going to do is, and Adam said it best, if you're going to spend 25 30 35 40 or $50 on a cigar, you have a very high expectation. So you are already going into it expecting it to be the best thing you've ever smoked. And you could be very quickly disappointed in something like that. But in the end... One of the things I always ask myself is, would I pay $25 again? Again, yeah. That's if the answer call. is no, then you, you've had a really good cigar. Hopefully it wasn't, you know, like trying to smoke a banana peel. <laughs> you enjoyed it, and you're like, okay, I did that. I enjoyed it. But no, I'm not going to spend $25 again on this cigar. Or you may get into it, and this is another thing that, you know, being a cigar smoker, you have to kind of... Be careful on watches. You may buy a twenty-five dollar cigar, and it's the best thing you ever smoked. And you're like, I'm definitely buying more of those. You buy another one, you smoke it, and you're thinking, mm, this isn't this is not what I remember. Just remember, there are so many factors that affect what you're smoking day to day, what you've had to eat, how you feel, what your mood is. You know, if you happen to have a cigar before you have this cigar it's going to affect it's going to the change flavor. it yeah. and that that's one of the things that i was just thinking as you were going there Bruno, was you know also look at at the the cigar smoker themselves um someone new coming into the cigar culture their palate is going to be different than than someone who has been smoking cigars for a long time and, and i think I would be really apprehensive to to go to somebody who is new to the cigar culture hasn't really had a lot of different cigars maybe the palate's not quite developed yet and hand them something like let's say um just off the top of my list just say an opus and hand them an opus and say this is a great cigar you should try it well they may not totally understand what they're they're getting into at that point yet so i think you you should kind of look at it that as well and that's not to say a newbie cigar smoker shouldn't go buy an expensive cigar no i'm not saying that at all I'm saying that over time, your palate is going to change. It's going to refine, and you're going to start. You're going to pick things up a little, a little better as you grow into in this hobby. That is correct. But in the end, again, it boils down to one thing: Did I like it, and am I willing to pay that for it again? Exactly. Yes, sir. 
All right, so diving back in, you know, the next one on my list here is, you know, cutting a cigar's cap enhances the flavor. And I had to kind of look in, look into this because initially I'm like, well, you have, my first thought was, well, you have to cut it anyway, right, to smoke it. Uh, but the myth apparently is the more of the cap you cut off, the the more of the flavor gets through. If you cut off a larger portion of the cigar cap, you get more flavor through the cigar. Um, this is one that I haven't actually, I've never actually, I've never heard this one from someone specifically. Uh, so I, I was kind of baffled by this because I, I just... actually have proof of this. Really? I do. So working at that B and M, we had a experience with Davidoff that was just the staff. Yep. And for a long time, I punched my cigar. Then yes. I, after a while, I started to cut them, but I was punching them. So the gentleman who was representing Davidoff, he had us punch a cigar. We smoked it like that for, eh, I mean, when you first light a cigar, and by the way, for people that are newer, don't do this to your friends. You know, as soon as they light the cigar and they've taken one puff, you're like, what's the taste? Nope, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Got to give it a little bit of time. Um, so... I think we let us smoke it like that for about five minutes. And none of us, I think, knew this was going to happen. And he said, okay, I want you to cut the end with a straight cutter. So there's different cutters, and we'll go into that right. a little bit. Yep. He said, I want you to cut the end with a straight cutter. And then I want you to tell me if it's changed. And I can tell you when I am 100% confident it completely changed the taste of the cigar. Okay. So, so, in your, so you're saying this has some merit to it it does so now, i would when you compare it so <laughs> let me let me preface that say you, when you go punch to straight cut you were able to notice a difference very that's, very big difference that's not to say but i wouldn't i, I would caution against trying to clip your cigar to the straight cut and then move up a half inch and, and right. lop off half inch of the cigar <laughs> probably not going to change right it. well it may change it but not for the better but Okay. All right. So there's some merit to that one. There, cool. That, there that's a good is. experiment to try. Punch a cigar one yep. time, smoke it for a minute, for a little bit, and then straight cut it and see what you get. But there's also the flip side of that, which is, and Adam will probably giggle at this because how many times we heard this, the end of my cigar just fell apart. And you look <laughs> at it and they've cut a half an inch of the end of it off. Yes. And it's just unwrapping yes. in their mouth. So yes. remember, I've always followed one very basic rule. I cut as little off as I can. I draw through it. And this is one of the joys of having a good sharp die-car cutter, too. Hey, there's another plug for them. <laughs> I draw through it, and if I'm not happy with the draw, then I cut just a little bit more off. But if you go too deep, if you go into those top wraps, mm-hmm. I 100% guarantee that it's going to start to fall apart. Yes. Yeah, and there's nothing worse than trying to pick tobacco out of your mouth uh, <laughs> yes. for every puff. Or uh, the wife will sit there tongue. and listen to me sit there and go, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I know that sound very well. <laughs> it's a, That's very, very annoying. So it's an interesting, as you want to get more curious, you know, maybe, you, maybe you'll punch cut it and then straight cut it and say, Oh, I actually enjoy the punch cutting better. It changed the flavor for me, but it changed it to where I found that I like a straight cut versus a punch better. I've done V cuts a little bit, and, and there's not a whole lot of difference between a straight cut and a V cut. You're just yeah. you're giving more area to bring the smoke through. 
Yeah, definitely makes sense. I'm going to try that because I, I haven't punched a cigar in a long time. I still have my old punches. <laughs> <laughs> I know I have one around here somewhere, so I'm going to have to find one to punch a cigar. I think the problem with me, though, is I really enjoy Bellicosos. Um, yes. And it's, it's kind of hard to punch a Bellicoso. So when I saw this cigar myth, I'm thinking, all right, I have proof of this one. So one we just went over, expensive cigars are better. I say thump down, that's a no. Cutting a cigar cap enhances the flavor. Depends on the cut. You can always go too far, but I say that's a yeah. Nice. All right. Yeah, that, that like you said, I was in that same Davidoff thing with you, and, and it just that totally slipped my mind. Completely don't remember it. I remember one specific thing about that Davidoff night. <laughs> so do um, I. Was everybody's jaw hitting the floor <laughs> as we all looked at each other like, are you having the same cigar I'm having right now? Because <laughs> it's special. I wonder if that was the one he actually had us punching in. Yeah, I don't. It might have been. I don't remember because we had like that. That was a cool night. We had I think what at least yeah. three, four cigars that night. Yeah, and that's when uh, it starts to all just, run together. Yeah, and they just they just kept getting better. But yeah, then they the, your palate gets fried, and then everything starts to kind of run. Right so our next the, topic, I think you should always store your cigars in the refrigerator. Yes, and this is one that <laughs> I've heard a lot. I um, had in the past also. Working at the B&M, and when I started smoking cigars, I heard this from um, from family members. That, oh, you should keep them in the, in the refrigerator. And luckily I didn't, because the if you're not familiar, here here's the reason why you shouldn't do this. The main reason. Refrigerators, they cool the air by removing humidity. Uh, and then compressing the air and then pumping it back through. Um, so there's no humidity in a refrigerator. It's cold air, um, but there's very little humidity in there. And you're going to ultimately just end up drying out the cigar. Um, I've heard people putting cigars in the freezer to to kill tobacco beetles. Um, and I guess that works. You put them in there for a short amount of time. And take them back out before they have a chance to like freeze solid or anything crazy like that. But storing them in the refrigerator, you know, that's one. No, um, temperature wise, I think what is we're wanting to be around what seventy. Yeah, I humidity around the same sixty-eight to seventy-two. It partially depends on the cigar. I have always followed the rule that if you are storing Cuban cigars, they like the lower humidity. So I'll try and keep them around 66, 67. Most of your other cigars from Dominican and Honduran and everywhere else, most people like to keep them around 70. I would say don't go much, if at all, above 72. Temperature-wise, you want to keep them, if you can, at room temperature or below. Because if you start to allow them to get to 75, 80 degrees... You're not only going to suck the moisture out of the air, you run the risk, and we'll go over this in a future episode, with um, anything that could be in the tobacco that could be harmful. Right. So that is one of the things that I I didn't know I was the only engineer on this show. (laughs) So basically what Adam said is 100% accurate from the engineering aspect. Refrigerators and freezers, unless you buy a non-frost-free freezer... That is what sucks moisture out of the air. And to give you an example, when you pull something out and it's freezer burnt, freezer burnt is basically the process 
of removing moisture and it ends up becoming as hard as a rock. So take something out of the freezer to meat that's been in there for an extended period of time and it's not vacuum packed and the end of it is as hard as a rock, that's freezer burn. And freezer burn is caused by the removal of humidity in the air and the colder temperature. Nice. Nice. I, I'm glad that that my point there was 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 right because I I that that would I, that's something that I had read a long long time ago and just stuck with me. So <laughs> I'm glad that you yeah. didn't just be like, yeah, you're dumb. That's no, completely no, wrong. No, no, no. That's not how they nope. work at all. Get it's, out of here. <laughs> it, everybody has the the common mist. I don't know where that stemmed from. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I had always heard there's a certain cigar manufacturer that will put all of their cigars in the freezer before they're shipped just to kill any cigar beetles right i don't know how true that is because cigar beetles or something will go over in a future topic but i'm thinking that i think we're at a pretty decent yeah stopping point yeah i think so we we, we will pick this up um we will do a part two to this we have still a number of these that we could just, we could talk about uh, some of them are more common than others, but no, I, I agree. I think we've hit uh, we've hit a few good points here, and uh, we're coming up on we will be just over forty minutes, so I think we're at a good stopping point for episode number one, our official episode number one. Uh, I'm really <laughs> now excited come up about with a that. name. <laughs> I know I'm really excited about that. So yeah, guys, this is where we'll wrap for uh, for this uh, this episode. Uh, like I said, I've got a lot of work that's that's going on behind the scenes uh, this week. We will have the social media stuff all coming online, and uh, actually, I'll have the the actual full website will be coming online this week as well, uh, where we're going to do our our pre smoke reviews um, that are going to be more of a high level discussion about the cigar. Uh, but I am going to put up our blog where we can do the actual full in depth reviews of cigars. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, when we do the next episode, I should have all that ready to go. So I'll give you all of the, uh, the pertinent information on where to find us online. But yeah, until then, you know, thank you guys all for checking out episode one. Yes. If you check out episode zero, thank you for that. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, definitely subscribe to the podcast. Uh, this should be a bi-weekly thing. And uh, if you've got any suggestions, any type of ideas, questions, comments, concerns, uh, I will have the email address linked in the the show description. Uh, just because right now I can't remember the, <laughs> I can't remember if it's if it's the if it's the cigar match podcast or if it's just cigar match podcast. I can't remember what I made it. Uh, I feel ridiculous. This is but yeah, the, definitely this, the things I'm responsible for. I know. Feel free, because I'm not the social media guy, but it sounds like yes. I'm going to have to start getting back into it. <laughs> feel free to ask questions. Um, yes. Your between the two of us, valuable. yeah, between the two of us, we will research it enough to figure it out, and we still have enough connections that we could figure it out. Yes, 100%. So with that, we're going to wrap it right here, Bruno. Uh, thank you for... Uh, Thank you, everybody, for your listening. Thank you for yes. hanging out with us for a little bit. I hope you guys are enjoying the show. We're in, we're having a lot of fun doing it. So yes, smoke many cigars. See you in a couple weeks. See ya. See ya. See ya.